COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. You are listening to In a City Like Yours, a semi-monthly podcast featuring interesting people with interesting life stories. This podcast may contain language and or subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Michael G. Moore. Please visit our website at inacitylikeyours.com. That's I-N-A-C-I-T-Y. L-I-K-E-Y-O-U-R-S dot C-O-M for links to our social media, all popular podcast platforms, and links of interest pertaining to all episodes. On this episode, Russell briefly relates the story of his first love. Then we talk about his independent film career. After the break, we hear from Jeff, who played Alex Kintner, the boy eaten by the shark in the first Jaws movie. Jeff never made another film, but this role continues to earn him money and admiration from the many loyal Jaws fans from around the world. Here are their stories. Okay, um, my name's Russell Rapp, and I live in New Jersey. And I have a story uh, that doesn't have to do with art at all. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, about the first time I fell in love. I fell in love with this girl uh, back in high school, junior, senior year around there. That was like 2005. And uh, so that's the first time I fell in love. I, f- I fell in love with this girl. And, you know, it was like uh, childhood sweethearts. We, we uh, did everything together went to the movies uh, I remember our first kiss in front of her house I remember I was driving a uh, moped at the time to school back to school um, to her house stuff like that it, it changed my life for the better you know the first time you fall in life you always remember that so changed my life for the good there was uh, times we would go to the movies, go out on dates, uh, take her out to eat, and uh, stuff like that. One thing I remember about it, about the relationship, was um, there was a time when I, uh, I got mushrooms, and I wanted to trip with 
my girlfriend. So uh, we went to a local park and uh, we ate these mushrooms and um, we started uh, seeing different things. And I remember we were that night and she was just staring into this river for like hours. She just couldn't move. She just kept staring at the water. I remember my friend, my buddy came. I called my buddy, he came to pick us up and then we started driving around. It really opened my eyes because you know, during a hallucinogenic trip, you just, you just see different things. And after the trip, you kind of see outside the box a little bit. So, uh, yeah, those are the things we uh, used to do. And it's changed my life. Um, I've always, I'm always going to remember that. So, how did how, you say it changed your life? In what way did it change your life? Well, after going out with this girl you know I knew what it was like to be in love and you know I knew what it was like to get hurt you know get into fights uh, with a significant other and the first time is completely new to you that's how it was but after that relationship I knew what it was all about to be in love so yeah what to expect and and what to shoot for um so how long did you date her we dated for two years oh so that's that was a pretty significant period in your life then for two years and you, you just just through high school or did or was it in high school and out of high school that you dated her we we were just in high school um she wanted to keep going out and when i found out that i was getting into college was moving to philadelphia i kind of broke it off with her because i remember i told her i said i want my freedom so she was she was hurt by that that was that was really it we we've stayed in touch throughout the years though i mean i just talked to her like last month so we kept in touch yeah that was my next question if you if you still talk to her so how about how did that relationship affect your next relationship well my next relationship i would say would be my next important relationship like a serious relationship that would be probably uh, the first time I was engaged. And that was years later. That was actually um, probably six, five or six years later with another girl. And I just, I just knew what not to say, what to say, you know, stuff like that. So it changed a little bit of how I went about talking to other girls and stuff like that. And the next relationship, it actually turned into uh, an engagement. I, I uh, proposed to this girl and we got engaged. We were together for about four years and then um, she started sleeping around on me. So 
that didn't work out. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to your film career. Now you said you're a you're a director in film or a, a producer. I'm a writer producer. Yeah. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of your past projects and then move us on forward to what you have going on now. Okay. Past projects are all on YouTube right now. Um, I have a channel on YouTube. All you got to do is type in Russell Rap, my name, and you'll find it. I remember the first time I got a video camera, I was living with my mom, and, and she has this like screened-in porch in the back. And I remember it was raining and I got my video camera out and just started recording the backyard. And I got close-ups of uh, these leaves on the trees and leaves on plants and stuff like that with water dripping down, flowers, stuff like that. So it was kind of like a little nature video I made. That was the first video I ever made that went up on YouTube that was probably uh, 2006, 2007, something like that. And then I, I liked it. I liked the whole recording, editing, presentation, the whole thing. So I was really artistic too. Like, like all my life I've been really artistic. Like I started painting really young like I, I still have a uh, oil painting it's probably like the first or second thing I painted is it's a uh, praying mantis it's like black and white oil paint so I've been really artistic creative kind of person all my life I think uh, I like film because it combines all sorts of art together into one medium you know just coming up with an idea you write an idea you can sketch it out draw pictures you can make a storyboard you can draw more pictures and then camera angles and descriptions and stuff like that and there's a lot that goes into it and I like that kind of thing because I'm really creative and I like working with all sorts of mediums and film kind of brings all those mediums together in a way and that's why I like it so over the years I kept making videos here and there just little videos some comedy music videos I have short films stuff like that so all through these years been building uh, a portfolio really on YouTube and, uh, now I have a little over a hundred videos on this one channel on YouTube and they're all different uh, I've been asked before what kind of genre I like to work with for me it, it's it's a bunch of genres I like to work with all like uh, not just one type of genre like like a horror for example I've done a horror film I've done it it's called Jersey Devil it's a short film 
And Power Child, the, the film I'm working on now, is, is more like a psychological thriller. But I have other ideas that are different genres. They're all completely different from one another. One's a sci-fi, one's a drama, one's like uh, in, in the future a little bit futuristic. One is, you know, another science fiction. So it's all, they're all different genres. You know, working on this film now, Power Child, I've been coming up with other ideas. I started writing a sci-fi uh, space epic. Uh, I'm like halfway done writing this feature. I keep coming up with new ideas like almost every day. So you obviously have actors. Where do you pull your talent from? All all the talent is from Facebook. I've done all this networking on Facebook over the past couple years and I've met all the actors and crew on Facebook. You know, it's it's a great tool to work with people on Facebook because there's so many groups, film buffs, film fans, there's so many groups that are involved with filmmaking on Facebook and uh, it really helped a lot using Facebook to, to meet all these different people. I'm trying to understand, do you have these people physically in your movie or you just use their voice? And this is what you're doing is more uh, animation type of film. No, I have people that I've, that I've met up with and were on set. There's uh, Alexandra Pasucci. She's one of the actresses. She, she's like a co-star. Uh, I have Eileen Sullivan. She did a voiceover for me for the White Rabbit character. We met up together and we went to the studio and I recorded her voice and she did a terrific job. So there's some voiceover, there's some uh, interaction with other actors and it's it's like narr na a narration sometimes too. So the main character Cal, I'm playing I'm playing I'm playing Cal, and he you hear his narration like throughout the movie. Have you released any of these outside of YouTube? You know, like say for festivals or film festivals or anything like that. My Jersey Devil film that I did in, in college, that was at the Montclair State Film Festival. I remember I got a standing ovation for that after it was premiered at, at the festival. Uh, that had to feel that, good. Yeah, yeah, that felt really good. I was, I was shocked. I was like, everybody stood up and started like clapping. I was like, what is, I was like really surprised, but it felt really good at the same time. But other than that, I haven't really been in any uh, big or important film festivals at all. Have you had a pretty good response on your YouTube channel? I get views. I get a lot of views, um, but I haven't had 
any messages or anything like that. And it's just a little weird because I've been posting videos on Facebook and on YouTube uh, for a long time and I get very little feedback from anybody. Yeah, I've discovered that as well with podcasts. I'm not a, this podcast obviously is not true crime and that's really the hot topic in podcasts. And, and people who like true crime tend to interact with the podcasters. But for what I do, I, I rarely get any interaction. So it's probably the same thing with you. It's just the, the genre that, and the type of people you draw don't really converse a lot. I think it has to do with like how aggressive you are with like sharing and um, publishing and stuff like that. Like I see people doing um, videos almost every day and sometimes multiple times a day they'll be posting videos. And uh, I think the more aggressive you get with it and the more you interact with other people like kind of like you have to almost start the conversation for people to be like interested and then have them reply back to you so I found that uh, comedy is good with that you know you you, uh, you put co- comedy show on YouTube or Facebook and I think people feel more comfortable talking to you about stuff like that what else do you have going on that you'd like to let us know before we close out well i uh i just want to thank steve joiner because he really got the ball rolling for me with all these podcasts uh also um i found a distributor a distributor hit me up on facebook he wanted it he wants to uh he's interested in the film he wants to try to make it happen for me also i found a producer just a couple weeks ago and we started hanging out he's a lucky for me he's on the east coast he's actually like in new jersey just like me so that was really cool to find him so those are a couple big things that have been going on Hi, it's Audra, Jason, and Matt from Drinkopedia Podcast. We're a bad education podcast that's like drunk history for the full curriculum. We have new episodes every Thursday, and you can find us on most major podcast platforms. Join us at the bar and follow us on Twitter at Drinkopedia Pod. Hi, this is Michael. Guess what I have done? I've taken the plunge and started a Patreon account. Why? Because producing a podcast can be quite costly. And frankly, I need the help paying all the fees for things like my domain, website, podcast hosting, Zoom, and other costs. Please consider helping me out with these expenses by committing to one of the pay tiers on my Patreon account. Just go to patreon.com slash in a city like yours. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash I-N-A-C-I-T-Y-L-I-K-E-Y-O-U-R-S, all one word, and pledge. If you do, I'll be sure to give you a shout-out on this podcast. Thank you.
Okay, hello. Uh, this is Jeffrey Carvorhees, or I just go with Jeff. So this is Jeff Voorhees. Oh, I was Alex Kentner in the movie Jaws back in the 70s. And I just figured I've also lately on Facebook and everything or doing some signings known as the Dead Alex Kentner. And I was just at a Halloween signing. The Dead Alex K. But with the name Voorhees, you think of Jason Voorhees. But we'll stick with Jaws. So anyway, I, oh, when I was around 12 years old, I just moved up to uh, an island in Massachusetts, Martha's Vineyard. And this is a famous island. You had everyone from, oh, the John F. Kennedy and Teddy Kennedy, the Dyke Bridge, and Jaws was filmed here. You got Diane Sawyer has a house here, David Letterman. A lot of big names on the island. It's an expensive island here up in the Northeast. And But I moved up here. It was a lot different back in the 70s. And we had just moved up from Connecticut. That's why I'm a Yankees fan still up here in Massachusetts. Sorry. But um, anyway, so we moved up here to Martha's Vineyard when I was just 11 or 12. And right the year we got here was fun because, you know, it's a small island. Back then it was tiny as in. It's a madhouse this time of the year. It's a, the population of the summer is crazy. But then, back then, it would die right on Labor Day. But back then, first spring, we get here, lived right in Egertown. That's where this big hotel that's open year-round, they, they were going to film a movie here. And Universal Studios, they had a bunch of rooms at this hotel in Egertown on Martha's Vineyard or Amity Island, same thing, where... They said they're going to need a lot of extras in this movie Jaws about a shark. And so we just lived maybe a five minute walk from this hotel because it's a small island where we lived right in this little one of the towns, Egertown, on Amity or Martha's Vineyard. And we said, OK, let's go sign up. And, you know, 12 years old, we go down, sign up to be an extras in the movie because they said they were going to pay you $40 a day just to be an extra in the movie. And, back in the 70s you know $40 a day was a lot of money so we all signed up and you know you go in fill out paper do all that and they said okay everyone you we'll call you when the days we're going to film because if you remember the movie you just see little parades or people on beaches they just a lot of those faces you recognize doctors little not the big actors but a lot of the, the faces in the movie you recognize a lot of them so it was fun making it. So we all signed up and they said, yeah, we could be in it. We're going to get money. And then a couple days later, got a call. And a friend of mine, a few of us got a call back down. They said, OK, uh, come on in. And we thought it was just about being extras. And they just held up a piece of paper and said, ah, read a line or two off of this. And it's like to be an extra. OK. And re read a line or two. And then all of a sudden they go, OK, you know what? we're going to give you a speaking part and so you'll get 140 a day and so it's like 140 oh that's pretty good so got a speaking part and it was fun because I, I laughed at a bunch of friends saying you guys make 40 bucks a day i get 140 that's pretty good when you're 12 and when they first started filming it it was fun because you know just seeing them set up all the cameras all over the island and you know, they would, before I die in the movie, before I was eaten by Jaws, uh, there was a little, a parade, if you remember the movie at all, where 
there's a little band that would say Edgartown Drum and Bugle, and I was in that at that age. And at first, they weren't going to let me be in that scene because they said, "No, you you die," and you're not. And then they said, "Wait a minute, you're not even dead yet in the movie, so you could be in that." So I'm in that little parade with the drums going down the street. That's that. I only got forty dollars a day for that one, but so anyway, after that, it was fun because they said, "Okay, now we're going to do your scene," and they set up all these little fake beach houses right down on a beach where I still walk my dogs. It's you know a five-minute ride from my house here, and so I. I was just down on that beach today, running oh, Saint Bernard and Bernice Mountain Dog, and the two dogs down there, right where I died. And and it was they set up these little beach houses, if you remember the movie, and they're all fake and it looked real. And so you're on the other side, and where the shark goes under the bridge, it's called the Edgartown Oak Bluffs Bridge. That's where they filmed my scene, and. When they were filming it, it's in May, and if you know New England up here at all, oh,、well, I don't like going in that water till like July or August even, because it's cold waters. May is like just the; it takes forever for this water to warm up. So basically, they're like, okay, they got me down on the beach, and they said, you know, we're gonna ask you to go in the water, and. You know, I still get the question now. People are like, "Oh, were you afraid of the shark?" No, I was afraid to go in that freezing cold water, because that water, oh, it's cold that time of the year. So, we get down there and didn't know how they were going to do all this, and they basically fill you in. Okay, you're going to ask your mother to go back in the water, and then beg her, and then if you remember, I say, "Can I go back in the water?" And she, let me look at your hands. Oh, your hands are prone, and I kind of beg her, and please, and she finally lets me go in, and. And when they were filming it, though, they said, "Okay, cut." After I said, "Can I go in?" and she says, "Go ahead for a little longer." It's a cut, and then they filled you in on what they were going to do. They said, "Okay, here's a raft, and you're in shorts. The air was cold, the water was freezing." And they go, "You're going to swim out like oh maybe a hundred yards, and we have this machine." And it was. Oh, the size of a trash can, the top of it, and it was like a big funnel. And they said you're going to swim out to this thing here, and you couldn't really see it from the shore because it's like right at the top of the water. And you're going to swim your raft out to it, and then we'll say cut. And this thing that I was swimming out to was full of blood that was going to blow way up in the air, if you remember, blood flying everywhere. And so. I start swimming out, and then I get out near this thing. They say cut, and then they had a, another raft that was cut in half, and they put it on top of this thing full of blood. And then they were like, "Okay, now we're going to ask you to lie on top of this, and then we'll say roll." And Spielberg, and you know, it's one of his first movies, so he's he was trying to do everything by the book. You do one little thing wrong, it was cut, and they tried it again. And so the he goes, "Now that." You, You're lying on top of this thing, and when it explodes, go into water and stand there as long as you can. And now you're saying to yourself, you're 12 years old, freezing cold in the water. When this thing blows up, blood, go into water there and stand there. It's like, oh no, here we go. Okay, so I wasn't afraid of a shark coming. I'm afraid of blood blowing up, going under water, freezing my, you know, what off. And so basically, you know, you don't hear it filming it, where you hear dun dun dun, but. I'm lying there, a little nervous, with even not he- hearing the dinner in the background, and then all of a sudden, swim out, lying on top of this. He says, "Roll," and then 
Oh, a minute later, all of a sudden, bam, this thing blows up and blood is flying way up in the air. You know, it's your head's flying up in the air because it's blowing up so hard. And then it's like, okay, I got to go underwater. Went under and was holding on to this machine under there, trying to stay under as long as I could. And then after that part, I came up, swam ashore quickly, and you could almost walk. It wasn't that deep. And freezing cold, I go, okay, are we all done now? It's like, and they give you a towel, and they were like, oh, bad news. Spielberg was like, your leg was out of the water. Uh, we got to have to do it again. And so... I got a speaking part, so I they had these little dressing rooms for anyone screen actors guild. They have to draw, be in. Then they they make sure you're treated right. So I messed up on the first one, and it would take seven seven and a half hours for all the blood to clear out of the water before they could do it again. So all my friends are freezing cold out there because I messed up, and I go into a nice warm dressing room, sit back for a few hours, and wait for the blood to clear. And then they would try it again. And then the next time, oh, your leg was out, your arm was out. And, you know, the movie it was just costing them a lot more than they expected. And just like this little scene that you saw me in, that took five days. And then because arm was out or leg was out and they're like, stay under longer. And then finally, when they like the fifth day came and they said, this time we got two guys in wetsuits. And they're going to, when that thing blows up, they're going to be underwater with air tanks. And they're going to lift you up and down a few times and then pull you under and give you air. So it's like, okay, so you're lying on it. This time, blood flying everywhere. You're used to that. It's the cold water. That's no big deal. But this time, all of a sudden, if you remember the movie, you see me going up and down thinking the shark had me. It's two guys in wetsuits holding onto one leg each, lifting me up and down. And then they pull you underwater and give you an air hose and you just breathe in air with them under there, which is fun. You know, they're right there with you. And so there it was. We finally got it done in five days. And then we went ashore. But the rest of the movie, they filmed down there. And, you know, they would have little scenes where, oh, I think where they say they had a shark hanging up and they... They said, we're going to cut open the shark. We got it. And they said, no, we don't want the Kintner boy to spill out all over the dock. And, you know, we're not in the movie then, but you go over there and be watching it. And this time, that time of the year, you don't get sharks around here too much. So they ended up shipping that thing that, that was hanging up in the movie there from Florida. And back then, they don't just put it on a plane on frozen ice. And they put it in the back of a truck and drove up with that thing. And it stunk so bad when they were filming it down there. So when they're, you know, we were walking out to watch some of it a mile away, and you could smell that shark. And everyone's like, oh, they just caught the shark. No, that was a nasty, rotten shark hanging up there. And the Kittner boy didn't spill out. I was watching it, but, well, I guess I was, the shark, that shark didn't get me. I was still there. But, you know, that part, and there was lots of other little things that were fun because you're a little kid, and, you know, Richard Dreyfus, Robert Shaw, Roy Schneider, they were all really nice. Well, not one of them wasn't really nice because, you know, they would have cookouts and baseball games and stuff because, you know, Spielberg, he used to do with this and it's a little island. They got all these kids and people in it. So they, they would have like these little cookouts and baseball games and you get Richard Dreyfus out there. He'd be, you know, he was a great guy. He talking to you, doing whatever. And then one time, you know, they're down near a baseball game it's like two in the afternoon 
we're little kids. It's like, oh, there he is. That's Robert Shaw over there. And like you go running over to him, and he was just like in the movie because you get over there, and it's like, oh, how's it going? And you could tell he had a couple drinks in him already in the afternoon, and he sounded just like in the movie. It's like you're asking him how he's doing. He's like, ah, get away from me, you little blank blank. It starts with the S H, and it, he sounded just like in the movie. But that was him in real life, and. We knew that kind of. He didn't want us near him, so that just begged him. We were just like, okay, we got to go back and do it again. So every time we saw him, we run over and he's like, hey, get away from me, you little crap. And so it was just that part was fun. But then they would have other lots of little things where you know they had those. If you remember the movie, the shark's name, the, the mechanical shark was named Bruce, and. I lived right in the town. They had this yacht club. They, they the yacht club had a. Warehouse where they stored boats and stuff, and that was just a couple streets down from where we were living. And back then, it wasn't so strict on security and cameras because we used to go over where they stored the shark at night with flashlights and break in and climb all over the shark. It's like, oh, there's Bruce, and it looked so real on one side because they had three different sharks: the left side, the right side, and the top. Meaning, the right side looked like a shark, but the other side of that was all mechanics. And then the right, the left side, looked like a shark, and the right side of that one was all mechanics. And then the top looked like, the whole top of it looked real, but the whole underneath was mechanics. So it was all supposedly the same shark, but only one side looked like a real shark. And we used to go on there and climb all over it and just have a good time. And I just did a signing down at a shark tournament down in Florida, and. Field and Stream, the magazine was like, "Oh, you were eaten by a shark, and we have the lady that died, Susan, before you, and we wonder if you can come down and do a signing at the shark tournament." So I did that a couple months ago, and the funny part with that was that Susan, the lady that died before me, and then me, because we were, they wanted us down there at the shark tournament, but the person that made the shark, he was there too, and like all the other signings, you just sign pictures and that's it. But this one, Field and Stream. You have to go up and stage, and they give you a microphone. They ask you questions, and just the funny part I'm bringing this up is because when we were little kids, when they were making it, they they were talking out、oh, to the man that made that shark, and they were asking him the questions first, and he would be saying, "Oh yeah, we had so many problems with that shark, and sometimes it didn't work, and a lot of times it, it just break down." And when he was done talking. I got the microphone, and you know this movie was 40, 45 years ago. Next year, and that's where it's like, okay, I'm gonna have fun with this. And and I said, oh well, you had problems with that shark, yes, but I was just a little kid. But I hate to tell you, we used to break in to where you guys stored that thing all the time, a couple times a week, and climb all over that thing. We'd be on top of your machine. Maybe that's why it didn't work. And、ah, it's funny you could joke about it now. And he didn't have a real big smile on his face when I said that, but. That was just, you know, one of the other funny parts about it. But besides that, you know, getting back up on the vineyard or Amity, you know, the first the movie when it first came out, it's like back before Jaws, you would have, you know, the horror movies then were, oh, King Kong, Godzilla, Planet of the Apes. So this one, you know, this brought a lot of people remember this movie because it's a real first really gory movie, and like the scene where I died. 
Oh, they had the mechanical shark. They tried two different ways. The way that they actually did it, where I was going up and down. But the one they tried before, they had a like a little dummy on a raft that kind of looked like me a little. It was you didn't see a close up of it, but and the the shark's name, the mechanical one, Bruce, comes up and grabs a hold of this the raft and the the mannequin and blood and parts were flying everywhere and back in the 70s that was a little too hardcore for him for some little kid you know nowadays that would be nothing you go watch that on a cartoon but back in the 70s that was too much you know Spielberg was like no let's just we'll go do this other one where you don't really see you know limbs flying off so that's how they decided okay the real gory one will leave out and they still have pictures of that shark and in some of the old photos people bring them to some of these signings and it's like oh there it is but so filming it and all that was fun and then when it was all said and done was you know it was fun you go watch the movie the first time it came out and and then basically if you know the island at all it was odd because you be driving down a road where i died i it's called State Beach, and this, they call it the bend in the road. You take a hard turn, and you're in Egertown, this fancy town on the island. And so when you take that hard turn, when Brody's driving towards Egertown, that's where it should be, you go around the corner, and all of a sudden, welcome to Amity, if you remember the movie, a big sign, Amity Island, welcome to Amity. And that's not in Egertown. All of a sudden, you go around the corner, and you're up on the other side of the island. It's called Gay Head. So it's or the parade that you're going up. It's, it's a one-way street, but the parade's going the wrong way. So just lots of little things were fun watching the movie. It's like oh, this because you know the island. It's like oh, there's oh the doctor that checks out every the morgue and all that. It's like oh, that was my doctor. So it's fun with all that. But and then you know, Jaws was over then, and then a year or two later they came back down and were they weren't going to do the whole thing down on the island here. But they had to do some of it to keep it going. And we all signed up again. So we all went down, signed up. This is a few years later. And they get to me and they, they read the name and they go, what? They go, you can't be in this movie. I'm like, why not? I go, they're going, because you died in the first movie. I go, I'm older. I look different now. It's, and they were like, no, if they media ever found out about it, you ruined the movie. It's like my head went down, walked away. All my friends were in the second one. I couldn't be in that. My acting days, I died years ago, I guess. But, and then, you know, it, that was the end of Jaws at that part. And then a few years later, it was just funny because never knew about royalties and things like that. And the first time it came on TV, because you have to sign up with Screen Actors Guild, it's like first time I came on TV. It's like something comes in the mail. I had no idea. And you open it up. It's like sixteen thousand bucks. It's like whoa. It's like so I never knew about that. And like even up to this date, it's not much. It's just you know a hundred here or there. My brother lives over in, in Spain, over in Valencia, and I get a, a little message from him on a, a text saying, "Good news, you just died on TV over here," meaning a couple bucks. <laughs> so and then some of these signings and stuff it's it's fun you know i always laugh and just say you know it pays to die so you know because we came out with this a t-shirt that down a bar in a restaurant we had the alex kentner burger going for a while and then this one it says the kentner boy still alive at the wharf and you have the whole jaws and the big shark and then the little 
Kittner boy and the guy that made the shirt years ago, he goes, I updated it and he made a new one. And I go, that looks more like it because if you see me now, I don't have nearly as much hair as I did back then, 45 years ago. But you get people, he said, I'm going to put it on Facebook. And he put it on Facebook. I go, I'm not going to this little post office here. And it's unreal. The other day, two in Germany, one in Denmark, one in Canada, uh, one in Texas. And it's like, here you go. Go mail them. I'll sign them. But you you go mail them. Because you get some real Jaws, uh, real Jaws fanatics out there. that they, They'll travel from all over the place or do whatever they can to get parts of it. Because... It's funny, one of the signings I did down in New York, one guy, he made coins. It said, Bruce, and it had the shark. It's the size of a silver dollar, and he just wanted me to sign the coin. And he made all these coins. And, and then another, oh, this one lady, a reward for the the Kentner boy, the shark that killed the Kentner boy three, and she had this whole sign that she made and just had to sign that. And then this, oh, the barrels in the movie, a, you know, those big yellow barrels. This one guy, he comes up and those are heavy. And he had, it was signed by almost everyone in the movie. And he was like, you're one of the only ones. Cause I never used to do the signings and I just started doing it a few years ago. And he's like, you're one of the only ones that hasn't signed it yet. And it's like, oh, you see Richard Dreyfus, almost everyone in the movie had signed it. And then finally I go to sign it and I go, yeah, there you go. Is you going to go put it back in the car now? He's like, no, somebody will steal it. He was like paranoid. He just carried it around this big barrel the rest of the day. And then some other guy, he came up, unlocks his briefcase. It was a combination, like three numbers on each side, opens it up, his briefcase. And he had the seven little pieces of the wraps after I got eaten. And they're looking around for the Kentner boy. And all of a sudden you see pieces of the raft float up. He got a hold of those three pieces or seven pieces. And he wanted me to sign each one. So you get some real people, real jaws for that. Because one Harley Davidson rider came into the restaurant a few years ago. And the waitress is like, oh, he wants to show you something. And I go down and he pulls the sleeve off. You know, leather jacket comes off, pulls the sleeve up. The whole Jaws logo is tattooed on his arm. And then underneath, Richard Dreyfus, Robert Shaw, Roy Schneider. And down near the elbow, even my name was on the guy's arm. And so you got some that are really into it. This girl in New York where I was doing the signing, she's like, can you sign right under the collarbone? I'm like, yeah, for $40, it's just going to come off in a couple of days. And she's like, no, I'm meeting up with Peter later. He's tattooing over it. So it's like, okay. But then the other funny parts are like some real Jaws fanatics. If that's on TV nowadays, you still get a, a royalty check from Screen Actors Guild. So you get a check. And it's just like a, the top part will say Universal Studios, your name, the amount, the date, all that. You rip that part off, sign it, cash it. The other one, you just throw away. And the other one will say all the information. It will say Universal Studios, the amount of the check, how much taxes, union dues, Screen Actors Guild, what movie. So it will say Jaws, the network it was shown on. And in the restaurant last year, these people from England came in. And the waitress, like, they have something in a picture frame they want you to sign. I thought it was a photo of me dying or something. And I go out and I look at it and it's like, what is this? And then something I threw in the trash, it said Jaws, CBS. And it was like 1987, Jeff Voorhees, 
oh, my address, the social, last four, the social security, the amount of the check, how much Uncle Sam gets. And something I threw away in 1987, I go, where the hell did you get this? Something I threw in the trash back in the 80s. And the lady's like, oh, well, we got it on eBay on an auction. It's like, someone picked up my trash years ago and held on to it this long and sold it on eBay. I go, how much you pay for this thing? And they paid 8700 for a check stub that I threw away years ago. So I don't throw them away anymore. I got a desk full of them. It's just funny that some... Some people go way overboard for that. And then other little things are funny because Cameo, this a thing where stars, football players, movie stars, all these things, you get all, so many people will come down to Martha's Vineyard or Amity where I still am and they get so upset if I'm not here. Like these people from, oh, England came all the way over a couple of weeks ago. And someone I know finally convinced me to get on to this cameo where you go and you pick out an actor or someone and you tell them what you want to say. And then you talk to your phone and you say, oh, like this one, this lady, I got it the other day. It was like, oh, my my nephew has a costume, an Alex Kentner Halloween costume in it. And take a look at that on Facebook and tell them what you think. And okay and so this is one of the first ones they did so i was like went down to the the bridge where i run my dogs right where i died and i said oh okay here you go that's costume i saw you alex kinder that looks really good but be careful because see the water behind me i'm standing there with my phone just telling this young gentleman his alex kinder halloween costume look good but i was telling him don't go in this water because the sharks you're going to be eaten by a shark in that costume and I just show him the bridge where the shark goes through because it's right there and sent it back to these people. And then you get a reply in there. And the guy in charge of it was like, oh, that's unreal that you did that. It's like most of these people that do this, they just sit in the living room and say, happy birthday. Your costume looks good and that. And then another one, someone's birthday the other day, it was like, you know, that little chappy, it's called a chappy hurry, a little fairy with the boat take three cars across and that's where Brody was saying oh we got to close the beaches and they're like we can't close the beaches this is a busy time of the year and this is right before I died and the other day someone that was it was their son his birthday and he was down in Australia so I decided oh it's like a three-minute walk from the restaurant that we run the wharf pub and I, I'll go over to the Chappy Ferry and have that in the background and say happy birthday. It's like, ah, here's that boat. If they had listened to Brody when he said close the beaches, I might still be alive. But there's the boat. And <laughs> people like that because they remember that little boat in the movie. And, and I'm still on the island. So it's, you know, it's fun just doing all that because a lot of little things like if you remember the, that dog that died in the movie, um, oh, Pippin. And I have a big one, and they have these little rules here on Amity or Martha's Vineyard. They have little signs up that say, no dogs on the beach from May 15th to September 1st. And I run the dogs out on the beach early in the morning. It's no one's there, but you, they have this thing called Islanders Chat. And you people will send a picture in, and it will go on this thing on the internet saying, it's so in parks wrong. They show, they'll take a picture of the tire over the line and they put all this stuff up there. And this old guy's filming me with the big St. Bernard running down the beach. And I'm waving. I knew he was mad because I had a dog on the beach. And 
then finally I head into work and someone, oh, I saw you on the Islanders chat. It's like, what are you talking about? We pull it up and this guy's filming me and I knew he was mad. So it's showing me waving at him, a big St. Bernard. And I'm just waving. He's saying, this guy's breaking the rule. He's on the beach where you're not allowed to be this time of the year. And then all of a sudden, people started replying. And there were so many, this guy, I, he didn't know what he got into because I still on the island. I know a lot of people, and they're like, "You idiot! Ghosts are allowed on the beach. That's Pippet and Alex Kittner. They died there years ago. That's just the ghosts." And and it just picked up. Everyone's like, "You idiot! Ghosts are allowed on the beach. Show me a rule saying no Alex Kittner or Pippet ghosts allowed." And after like a whole week of everyone just saying, "Oh, ghosts! They they were killed by a shark, or that's just shark waste washing the shore you're filming." And he finally just took it off. It's so just little things about Jaws. It's still on the island here, and you even get like Islander tours, and I mean Jaws tours. People come down from all over the place just to view where they filmed the movie and all the little scenes. And you know, this one guy he comes back every year. He's really nice, and he he comes down with like two or three different people every year. And he's like, "Let's can I meet him up at the bridge where I died." It's just down the street from where I live, and he always wants to get a couple photos. And it's, he brings some different friends. We do it once a year, and he just slides me five hundred bucks. And so just all these little things, it, you know, it pays to die. And other little things, you know, last summer my neighbor, he said, um, "Oh, you know, the New York City Police Department's been over your house a couple times." And I'm thinking, what the hell? I'm like, something I did in college. I go, ah.、Uh, Stealing a flag? What is this? And finally, the guy comes. I he pulls in and he's like, "I'm really sorry to bother you." The internet nowadays—they can find you anywhere. And he's like, "I'm a big Jaws fan." And he had like 20 different pictures. And I was like, "Summer, I'm busy. I'm tired." It's like, "Okay, I'll just sign them." And so we go inside, and he goes, "Oh, and I run a department in New York, the police dogs." And he had a T-shirt with the German Shepherd and. All the drug enforcement dogs in the force, and it's like I'm not a big T-shirt person, but it's like, oh, okay. And I just throw that on the table, and then he, after signing the pictures, he slides a few dollars over. I'm like, wow,、oh, twenty bucks or something. And I go, yeah, don't worry. And he goes, no,、oh, I'll take it. And I look down, I see that's not a twenty, that's a hundred. I kind of push it under the T-shirt, and he left. And I one, two, three. It's like he he left like five hundred bucks. So. As I said earlier, pays to die. But besides that, you know, a lot of little different things over the years. With you know, people, you would have Obama and Clinton. They come down to the islands all the time. And when they were coming down, you would have Good Morning America and things like that down on the island. And one time, Good Morning America said, "Oh, we got Lee Fierro, who was my mother in the movie, to do a." Interview with、um, Good Morning America, and wonder if you could do it with her. And so she was in it. So it's like, oh yeah, we'll do it. And we went down, and they had to help her down the beach. This is like Obama's last year, so like three years ago, he still they would come down every summer, and all these news media's would try to get whatever they could. You know, they're here for a couple of weeks, and then when we got down on the beach, and they were asking me a bunch of questions, you know, like we've been talking about. And then they got to her, and then one of the questions they said to her, they go, "So over the years, we hear people ask you to slap them in the face a lot. 
like you did in the movie. And she was like, oh, yeah, for years people would ask me, but like after 10 years, I just finally said, no, I'm not doing it anymore. And so she wouldn't slap people in the face anymore after that. And then I kind of interrupted a little and I said, oh, excuse me, um, you're my mother well, in the movie. And I'm going to ask, can you slap me in the face? Come on, mom. And the guy behind the camera shaking his head, yes, yes. And and she goes, what? I go, come on, slap me. And and she goes, ah, OK. And she gives me a little slap. And I go, no, like in the movie. And Oh, she gave me one just like in the movie. And when it was all done, the guy was like, oh, we only have like one and a half minutes tomorrow. And they're probably not going to have that part, but that'll be on the Internet. They, they like that part because she was a sweet lady. And the restaurant where I we used to have this um, the Wharf Pub, we used to have the Alex Kintner burger for years. And I heard some ladies pointing at it, saying that and it's like and it was in the spring. So there were only like four tables out there. And I saw, wait, that's Lee Fierro, my mother in the movie. I told the waitress I got this table. It was just her and her friend. I didn't know who the friend was or anyone else in the restaurant. And so I went down, I go, oh, hello, ladies. Um, and she recognized me, but she didn't say anything. She knew I was just playing around a little. And I went up, I go, okay, let's see. Let's get some drinks going here. And then I just stopped, I go, I go to Lee her friends looking at me and some other people see me and I go, I'm going to ask you a really personal, odd question. And if you think it's a little obscene, just tell me to go away and I'll, I'll just not even, I'll just leave it alone. And she's like, uh, what? And her friend looks at me like I'm a nut and another table heard me and they're all looking over. I go, do you believe in, um, reincarnation? Cause I think I died years ago and you look like my mother in my previous life. And her friend looks at me like I'm crazy. And these other people just, they're all just staring over then. And, and all of a sudden, she's about to answer. Her friend probably thought she was going to say, go away, you're not. And she goes, oh, my God, I had a son that died back in the 70s. And I go, so you had a son that died? I go, I think I died like back in mid-70s. She goes, my son was killed back then. I go, I think I was, I, I kind of vanished out at sea she goes were you killed i go i think i was eaten she goes was it a shark i go i think it might have been what she, she gets up and she goes you're my son and she hugs me and she finally she goes to her friend hey we were in that movie years ago and her friend was about to have a heart attack and they just thought it was funny that they, they went along with it they thought we were serious they're like these two nuts reincarnation and my mother and my son died and, but that was fun just little things like that and and, you know, down in Florida, I was just doing that signing with the first lady that died, the two people. So you're still running into some of these people. And this upcoming year, it should be interesting because I never used to do these signings, but they're fun because like, like the ones I just did one out in Worcester. And every year there's always something around Halloween. They want people from horror movies. And the one in Worcester, they... Um, right next to you have the people in Texas Chainsaw or Friday the 13th. And some of the ladies are like, you've got a lot of people and we're real actresses in these movies. And you're in there for like a minute. It's like, oh, yeah, people like the dead Alex Kidder. But the signings next year, these few people I was talking to are like, that do it. They're like, next year is the 45th anniversary. It might be a big year. And they're going, and there's some of these people know everything. They're like, there's only like, I think it's seven or eight of you still alive that were in the movie. 
He's well, we're going to try to get a bunch of the Jaws people next year for the 45th anniversary. It's like, oh, and I like told him I'll do it three or four times a year. So next year it should be interesting, especially if they get a few, because I've done it with just Susan a couple of times. And usually you're by yourself because there's not too many Jaws, well, people from Jaws doing the signings. Richard Dreyfus, he did it down in New York the year before me. I did it last Halloween down there, and he had done it the one before. And... And so when I did one at the Shark Tournament in Florida, they had him down there. They would just show me some of his pictures signed. So you still get some people, some Jaws signers, but you do get a lot of people that go up to the Jaws tables for the signing. So it's fun. And they fly you around and, you know, it's a nice getaway. So uh, at, at these signings, do you sign a photo of yourself as a child or adult? Oh, they, it's like this one in, well, they all, you go with nothing. They, they fly you there. And it will say Jeff Voorhees, the big name up on the wall. And then it would say Alex Kittner, Jaws. And they show me, you know, little red bathing suit, walking, bone thin, a little kid. And then on the raft, up on the sign. And then on the table, they would have, oh, like 20 different photos. One would be the whole, the big one, they would charge more, the whole Jaws poster. And that was like $60 or all the other ones, 40s, these little pictures. One would be me swimming out on the raft. One would be, you see a shark under the raft. Some of them were, they added the shark in there. Another one with the blood flying up in the air and me going, that was like a one of the hot items with the blood everywhere. And they would have, oh, me swimming out on the raft and me, you know, how I'm on the beach and she says, let me look at your hand. So you see Lee Fierro, my mother in the movie and me with my hand out and, or the, it would show one was, one I like, it was like clips. It was me, like, it would be eight different photos on one clip. Me asking if I go in the water, me going in the water and then the bottom one's the shark getting closer and closer and then the blood going everywhere. So, you know, 20 different photos and they're not at me as an adult because, you know, like especially, you know, 45 years ago, I, I was only 12 years old. I'm a little bit older now. I'm not a little kid on the raft anymore. But most, almost That's all those photos of me are in the movie. Lee was fabulous uh, in, in such a short part, too. I, I remember that scene vividly. I remember yours, too, of course. But uh, I, I just thought it interesting that you brought up Lee because she, that one scene stayed with me for the longest time. I, uh, I read the book Jaws first and then saw it when it came out in the theater, and I saw it like six times in a row because I, you know, I fell in love with it. And I'm sure you hear a lot of stories like that from people. Yeah. And as I, you know, as I said, you know, she was one of the only few, like the lady that I just did the signing, Susan, that dies for us. They flew her in from California just for it. She was here for just a couple of days, but... Lee Fierro, she was she just left the island like a year or two ago because she's really getting older and then her family took her off. But she did plays and little things on the island for years and she was from the island too. And like oh, like the sheriff's kids, the little guy, I didn't really know him, but the one that the older son, his name was Chris Rubello. We were good friends in high school and stuff. And and one of the people that if you remember the movie, two kids with a fake fin, you know that they thought it was a shark coming, and then the two people come up. Oh, he made me do it, and it's two little kids with a fake friend. The, the older one, he's still on the island. He's one of the 
Edgartown Police Force. He's a policeman. <laughs> it's funny. It's like people would come down. It's like, oh, I point over to the police. See that guy there? He's home with the fake fan. So, but there's not too many around, but there's still a few. But Lee Fierro, she was a sweetie. I mean, I would bump into her and, you know, you know, back in the movie, it's like your hands are pruned. And then later down the road, it's like, oh, here, let me buy you a glass of wine and sit down and have a beer or a wine with her once in a while. You know, she's known as what they call Islanders. You know, I'm not really an Islander. You're only an Islander if you're born on the island. I moved up from, I always joke and say, yeah, I'm an Islander. And people, oh, you were born on the island? And me, it's Long Island because I came up from Connecticut, but I was born on Long Island. But besides that, yeah, Lee Fierro, she was sweet. Did you do any other films? No, I was just, you know, that was a. I signed up for Jaws too. They wouldn't let me be in it, and then just they used a clip in a lot of different movies. But I wasn't really an actor, and you know I was just here. Oh, Martha's Vineyard you just moved here. They were making a movie, and was had fun doing it. And as I said, over the years, it just it's still it's more entertaining now because just a lot of signings and oh, some guy that wrote a book. I. They flew you down. They fly you places to go sign the books with them and stuff like that. It's just little things. At first, I used to hide from it all for years on end. But then it's like, oh, you know what? It's fun. You fly down to New York. They they fly you down there. They give you a hotel room. You make a little extra money, and you meet all these other people that real actors and stuff. I'm you know me. I'm in the movie for a minute or two, and you get people possessed with. They know the place I. This the Wharf Pub and Restaurant. You got this other guy that that runs it with me. His name's Will Coogan, and he was out in California for like ten years in a lot of movies. You know, he'd be in it for. You know, he would have a name. He he'd be in the movie, not the 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 star of the show, but someone that's in a lot of them for a bit. And people would come into the Wharf in the summer. You get a lot of people who come in and. Some would come in with the yellow raft, or they come in and say, "Oh, it's Jeff Voorhees, Alex Kinder here," and he's like, "Ah, it's his day off." Um, but I was in this movie, this movie, this movie. He named like five different movies. He goes, "You want me to sign something for you?" And they're like, "No," and they just turn around and walk out of the building. And he's like, "You're in a movie for like two seconds, and you get these people from all over the world coming and just trying to get an autograph from the dead Alex Kinder." Well, it was definitely a phenomenon. I mean, that was like you said before; it was one of the first gory films. Yeah, no, and that's that's why I think it people it, people just remember that. It's and you would get like the other day, some people were in the restaurant, and it's not just the older ones. Some of the like their father, his his daughter, and son were like all into it. And we were talking about the movie and where they filmed it, and and they're like, oh, and you. So how are you still alive? It's like it's just a movie, but you know, even the younger generation, they get they get into that movie, they like it. 